This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off The Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Kia orana and welcome to Fresh Off The Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber. I'm a proud Micronesian woman with the Kiribati heritage and I'm excited to talk about sports for the next hour. Of course, the show wouldn't be complete without my two wonderful co-hosts from across the Pacific sharing the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is the news director of the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation, Indra Singh. Welcome back, Indra. Bula Bobby, how are you doing? Very well. Thank you for coming back on board. Uh, and my second co-host is former Nee Vanuatu cricketer turned cricket commentator. It's Melissa Fare. Hello, Mel. Hello, Bobby. How are you? Very good and excited to have you both here today. Now, Indra, we'll get to the game results later, no doubt. But how did the Fijian community embrace the Melbourne Rebels' recent visit in Fiji? Absolutely sensational. They arrived a couple of days ago, uh, and you know what? When you got players like Harry Grant and Tui Kamikamida who uh, are lining up for that game this Saturday against the Newcastle Knights, you know, it was fantastic. You could just see the excitement brewing in the eyes of uh, Ryan Pappenhausen as well, Will Borbrick, you know, Xavier Coates. I mean, you would just watch these guys on television. And to have them actually play in Fiji, be it a, a preseason game, it's pretty huge. And on the other side, the Newcastle Knights as well, with the likes of uh, the Saifiti brothers, Daniel and Jacob, who do have Fijian connections. So the excitement is brewing, and I'm pretty sure that we'll see a big turnout on Saturday when the Storm play the Knights. Oh, can't wait. It's great to hear so many other games that are being played throughout the Pacific in the Super Rugby and also the NRL as well. Uh, Mel, now you're coming to us from New Zealand today. What have you been up to in New Zealand? Um, I have been playing some cricket, Um <laughs> Very accidentally, I did not plan to play cricket in New Zealand. I came here for a holiday and to watch uh, the Pacific Cup, which happened in January, early in January, but then um, found myself playing for Vanuatu after a couple of years of not playing cricket. But that's um, that's been what I've been up to in New Zealand, and I'm still here and hoping to get back to Adelaide um, tomorrow um, for to start uni again. Wonderful. Well, once again, I'm going to be asking you both more about those two things. But coming up on the show... Here's Dane Gagai just next to the post. Left foot kick straight between the sticks. And that's the way this game ends. The Indigenous All-Stars have beaten the Maori side by 22 points to 14, completing a clean sweep. We'll dissect the All-Stars game and see how my predictions from last week went. Ruby Nathan, she gets a goal. Ruby Nathan, victory for New Zealand, India Page Riley. Absolutely sensational. And what a talent to have in Oceania football. What a talent to have in the New Zealand team. That familiar voice will tell you all about the recent OFC women's football final played in Samoa. Indra and Mel will cover sports in both Fiji and Vanuatu. And we'll give you the latest sports gossip from around the Pacific. Plus, we've got loads more, so make sure you stick around. ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to... Off the field. Uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. Uh, each week, my co hosts and I will report on sports from across the Pacific. We will analyse and detail all of the best bits in sports. But before we get to that, let's have some fun. 
Coconut Wireless. The Coconut Wireless is where we will discuss sports gossip that's happening in your country. Now, did any of your athletes get left behind from the Pacific Games? What have you heard at Bingo? What are your aunties talking about in sport in your country? It is not fact. It can't be backed up. But these are just some rumours happening around sport in your country. Indra, you've been all around the Pacific, but what can you tell me? What have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in Fiji? Yeah, it's uh, you can you can uh, definitely tell the sports season is in full swing, uh, Bobby, with with so much uh, happening in and around us in the Pacific. Yeah, first of first one uh, coming up is that Brendan Wakeham was playing out of the uh, out of the uh, Canterbury side, uh, and uh, I mean in the NRL, and has featured in a couple of uh, well, he started off his career in uh, with the Canterbury Bulldogs. He's well, he was signed up. As in reserve grade, because he had lost his contract, and he signed off with Blackton Workers in the New South Wales Cup, but uh, he's recently been uh, getting a uh, chance to play for the Manly Sea Eagles in the preseason, and talks are that he could just be. He previously played, as I mentioned, for the Bulldogs and the West Tigers, but the talks are that he could be set to feature in the NRL uh, top-tier competition. Well, we'll see about that. There's just some word out of Fiji and Australia about uh, Fijian star Brendan Wakeham. And also, I'm hearing that uh, there could be a new netball comp on the cards in not maybe this year, but another year or so, whereby the Pacific young Pacific talent get to play in one of the Australian comps as, as an invitational team or something along those lines. So that, that will be something they'll be keeping an eye out for if it does eventuate, Bobby. Oh, I mean, that sounds very exciting for netballers across the Pacific. I'll ask some questions, but you may or may not be able to answer them. Um, is it Will it be a combined team from different Pacific islands or is it going to be a main focus on Fiji? Uh, no, I think what's happening is from from whatever little that I've gathered so far, Bobby, is that it could end up to be a combined team, um, and I reckon that is going to be great because then you can get the cream of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, Cook Islands, etc., uh, to to be in one team. But again, it's just talks and uh, not, nothing concrete yet. While at it, there's also talk that Moana Pacifica could be moving base to Hawaii as as early as next season. <sighs> That would be incredible. That's a good excuse to go to Hawaii. Wonderful. Um, Panino Pacifica, of course, they're playing in the NRLW preseason. They're playing a couple of games and we've got lots of those players that are based from Tonga and Samoa. So it's good to see that our local Pacific Islanders are getting opportunities to play in these top tier competitions in Australia. So all the best with the netball. Hope to hear a little bit more about that. Thank you, Indra. Uh, Melissa, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in Vanuatu? Bobby, we know that uh, the Coconut Wireless in the Pacific is amazing. It's where you get a lot of the uh, juicy gossip, especially around sport as well. Um, So in Vanuatu, I've been hearing that we might be having more Paralympians um, in in, in the coming uh, Olympic Games. And that is because I I personally think it's because we've had um, sent some of our para-athletes to um, Canberra to... um, to get classified and, you know, classification is really hard to come by in the Pacific and, um, and getting accurate classification as well is, is very difficult, but we've, we've just had a group of uh, new para athletes who've, some of them have never traveled out of their own islands, have never traveled to Port Villa, but 
traveled all the way to Canberra to get classified. So the gossip right now is that we might be having uh, more Paralympians um, in the uh, in the coming Olympic Games, and it won't just be Illy uh, Enoch who's already secured a spot. Um, we might we might be having more. So that's really really exciting for Parasport and Vanuatu. Um, on top of that. We're, I've also been hearing, and I have to admit that I've just got some confirmation from that for, for that this morning, and I'm a little bit upset about that, um, but it's okay. We will also be having. Um, there has been talk for for a couple of months about having some professional AFL players from Vanuatu who will be going to Australia to play. And you know, in the Pacific, when we talk about professional, like if you go play overseas for a little bit, um, we like to say we're professional in in a certain sport. But I've just got confirmation that we will be having four of our um, Vanuatu athletes who have been training and playing AFL um, in Vanuatu to will be going to the South Pacific Academy uh, camp, which will be in Gold Coast from the 13th to the 18th of March. So that is very exciting for us um it's no longer gossip i've just gotten confirmation from that for that this morning but i just um it's it's been there it's been a gossip for a long time and that's that's all coming true now ah that's exciting i was reading about this recently actually and hopefully we can get some of those young players to come on the show and see what their experience is like we know that nauru is one of the dominant teams and also fiji with afl uh in the pacific but yeah hopefully we can hear from some of those vanuatu players also i want to touch back on the paralympians that you said that went to canberra I love hearing those stories about Pacific Islanders that may not have left their village, but thanks to sporting opportunities, get the chance to visit different places and countries. Uh, Wonderful that they uh, were able to go to Canberra and get classified. do the how does that funding come about? Is there something with um, the Vanuatu government, or is that Australian government, or combined? Do you know? I think this is, this is probably more Australian government um, and uh, in partnership with the Australian Institute of Sport that brought them to Canberra. Um, and this opportunity came about, it will be for a lot of uh, Pacific Island countries that um promoting more para sports now in the countries. And um, so that's what's happened. Uh, Kiribati will be next. They will be getting classified in in Brisbane uh, in in couple of weeks but Vanuatu sort of already went through that classification and are now back in Vanuatu training and hoping to find ways to qualify and identifying sports as well that um, suits that classification so this is a it's an Australian partnership with the Australian uh, Institute of Sport with Vanuatu I'm not sure how involved the Vanuatu government is in sport as uh, but with para sport but I, I know that this is um, an Australian initiative to helping para athletes and for us for Vanuatu is great you know our first Commonwealth golds medal uh, medal ever in the Commonwealth game came from um, a para-athlete um, so this is just looking like there's more op- presenting more opportunities for for athletes from the Pacific especially um, para-athletes. Yeah that's wonderful news and great to hear that uh, Kiribati para-athletes will be getting classified as well of course Kiribati being my homeland uh, thanks for that gossip Indra and Mel that was Coconut Wireless all right, it's time to find out what's happening in sport across our islands. Uh, Indra, we'll start with you. What are some of the local sports highlights in Fiji? Yeah, of course, as I mentioned, Bobby, is I think all the talk at the moment is about the big game this weekend, the NRL preseason in Lotoka between the Storm and the Knights. It was going to be pretty hot at about 2.45 in the afternoon Fiji time um, if, if, if what we've been... Uh, having in terms of weather, in terms of the heat in the Pacific recently, at least uh, somewhere where I was earlier on and then in Fiji now. So that's that's what's been making the rounds. And I think everyone just wants to have catch a glimpse of the stars in the two sets of uh, teams that have been announced to take to the field. Mind you, it's just the preseason. 
player could play 10 minutes or the entire 80. It depends on the coach. So that's one. The other one is that, um, you know, a recent visit by the FIBA official, first time for a top-level FIBA, that's for basketball, official to visit Fiji and visit basketball Fiji. And he was a pretty much, a, uh, I mean, not pretty much, he was very excited, Mr. Koshani. He did say that, you know, he was recommended by FIBA Australia, our FIBA office in Australia, to visit Fiji. And he's very impressed with the uh, kids' league that they've got. It's called Hoops for Health, and that's where they get kids involved. I develop them not only in terms of a basketball, but, uh, you know, features of living a healthy life, uh, particularly in this day and age with our youngsters growing up. Uh, with everything around them that sort of uh, takes takes the sporting spirit out of them. So Basketball Fiji is doing some good work there. So the, those are the two of the biggest things this week. But mind you, also on Saturday, our Fijian Drew out of Fiji get their season underway in the Super Rugby Pacific and they're up against the Blues. And it's not an easy ask, but a couple of debutants in that uh, Drew side that will be playing uh, most uh, notably is Isaiah Armstrong-Ravula, who's starting in number 10, and he is the nephew of former All Black, Richie Monga. Hey, oh, that's exciting. Some fresh blood, and also just to hear the uh, superstar relatives uh, in that family as well. Um, now, you've mentioned a few times, uh, but you mentioned it again today, just the games that are played out at Lautoka. Is that one of the best or the premier grounds for rugby in Fiji, or what would be the top two, I guess, grounds to play rugby in Fiji? It's the cheapest ground to play rugby in Fiji, if you were to ask me. Now, look, the, the, no, the, the, when I say cheap, mind you, I mean that you fly into Nandi, it's 20 minutes drive into Lotoka, so international teams ex- actually enjoy it. Mm. They get to enjoy uh, Nandi, where it's a tourism town for Fiji, if you know Fiji, and then uh, they go across. But what's happened at the Premier Stadium, the uh, main national stadium in Suva, it has been uh, under repair and they're putting new tracks, etc., which is already done. They should be opening that stadium up shortly. But I think with, with the likes of the uh, Storm, who are also planning to get a couple of their regular season games from next year into Fiji, um, this could mean uh, very easy. You fly in on a Thursday, you play on a Saturday, and you fly off on a Sunday. The demands of a professional sporting uh, club. So that's why. And Lotoka is uh, one amongst the best, two of the best pitches that we have, Lotoka and Suva. And that's where five uh, Drua home games are being played as well, as I had mentioned earlier on one of the shows. Oh, wonderful. So, as you mentioned, Lautoko is only 20 minutes from the airport. And Suva, we're looking at about a four-hour drive, would you say, Indra? Three three to four hours on the bus, and particularly when you've had a long trip. Uh, and nowadays, uh, stars in the sporting world don't like to travel in buses for yeah. too long periods of time. So, yeah, understandable. <laughs> uh, who did you have a chance to catch up with this week, Indra? Yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in Samoa, as I mentioned. It's a beautiful country. And um, I bumped into a, f- uh, no, no, it's not a new face, but a face that we we're familiar with, at least I'm familiar with in terms of uh, football. And Ravinesh Kumar, who he took, who helped Fiji qualify for the 2015 Under-20 Football World Cup, FIFA World Cup in New Zealand. Well, he's working out of Samoa as a technical director for Samoa Football, and I did ask him to start off with, you know, where is Samoa football heading towards in terms of developing the sport in the country? Yes, uh, I, I believe Samoa has done very well in hosting the tournament. And when we talk about the development of football, we are going to start uh, the Centre of Excellences for under-16 girls and boys now, and uh, which will be creating pathways uh, for the local players uh, 
to train uh, uh, week week by week uh, in in school days only and uh, then they they can uh, develop themselves with with better coaches ravinesh you have made renown uh, for having done this with fiji uh, developing young talent and we see a number of players from that fijian under 20 world cup squad uh, in 2015 now playing for the national team is that also you and the plan for sama football federation to start from that young age so in the next 10 years sama becomes a really powerful name that is that is actually the plan is uh, we have a long term development plan for the players here and the coaches as well so that uh, in time to come uh, samoa does not have uh, um, lack of players or or uh, the the development is not there is there is, there is no breakdown in in the development path pathway so we are creating this pathway for all the clubs and and all the uh, regions in samoa I've also seen Samoa in terms of the national teams in the last 2-3 years they've started to perform are uh, they not only coming to competitions just to make up numbers and you know your women's team unfortunately lost in the semis but we seeing glimpses of Samoa football on the right track Ravinesh Yes uh, when I came in and uh, we had a discussion with the board and the president and uh, their vision is not to participate only to but to perform uh, in competitions and be competitive in which i have seen that the team is competitive now in the last few years have uh, been watching uh, samoa uh, men's and uh, women both and uh, the team is competitive we are getting some players the samoan players who are playing outside in the clubs who are outside of samoa so they coming in coming back and playing for samoa which is a good thing that they also want to give back something to the country and uh, they are they are playing at a at a different level they are playing at a high competition uh, a competitive league which is good for samoa um likewise the men's team they did very well in the in the pacific games uh, they bowed out of the tournament but competitively they were very good and we expect the same uh, in the years to come What's the interest like from the young uh, kids? I know previously Samoa is renowned to be a rugby country and rugby league uh, many a times. What what's the interest like in schools uh, Ravinesh? I know you you and your team have been working. How how are the kids responding? I <clears throat> firstly I will say uh, I I don't take uh, rugby as one of the challenges or or our our opponents. Uh, at at that age a young age children can play both r- soccer and rugby. and then they can find their ways whichever way is uh, is better for them however i will see uh, uh, infrastructure is one of the major challenges here in samoa we are trying to build in more infrastructure so that we can uh, give opportunities to the players uh, the young children to train in a good environment um, not only at the federation but our plans is to do uh, good good pitches and fields for the clubs as well and uh, while looking at the interest of the children i have seen um, in uh, some of the programs which just played in the grassroots uh, uh, development program has been run here in uh, december and in january i've seen a lot of interest in children it is only providing them opportunities providing them the program i will say the children are ready but we are not ready so we need to provide those uh, those programs go give this opportunity to the children so that they come in and start to train and take advantage of these uh, uh, programs just finally ravinesh you've been in charge of fiji uh, biggest achievement was taking the team to the world cup uh, which we did very well you've now moved across to samoa you've had a stint in new zealand as well how do you see football in oceania at the moment how how we stand the federations i mean new zealand are right up there but how do you see the pacific teams 
Yes, I will say uh, the teams are growing. Our our Pacific Islanders, our Oceania, uh, ten countries are growing slowly by slowly. It is all about the the development pathway which teams are adopting. If they are serious into this uh, development pathway, the long term development plan, I I believe the time will come. Uh, then we will find uh, ourselves more more of our Oceania teams in the World Cups. But I but I strongly believe that that we need to improve the level of competition in our countries, uh, whether it comes to the senior competition or youth competition. We need to improve the competition level. That is how we are going to improve the the level of the developed players we are getting from our own countries, and uh, using the FIFA money to to develop the grassroots and the youth it is very important for all the countries to to utilize the money wisely and spend that on uh, programs uh, which are uh, designed for grassroots and youth so that in time to come oceania will also be able to produce a lot of professional players and now when we see we have very limited professional players from oceania uh, leaving new zealand but then a time will come we will see our youths uh going into professional league uh, uh, outside of the country and maybe more competitive within the Oceania competitions Wonderful to hear from Ravanesh. Thanks for that, Indra. And like most sports, I think it always starts at grassroots, so it's good to see that he's doing the work from the ground up there. Uh Mel, what are some of the local sports highlights happening from Vanuatu? Bobby, there has been so many uh, sports highlights over the last couple of weeks, but the most recent ones that um, that have sort of just completed, have just finished, and I've got results for as well. Um, the biggest one is the Vanuatu Football Federation Women's Champions League that happened from the 16th to the 21st um, of Feb, which was yesterday that we had the grand finals. Um for uh, the tournament just to encourage more women uh, to play football in Vanuatu. Football is a national sport. It's the biggest sport. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the, there are not uh, many women's competitions and women's football uh, has not been very active. So the Vanuatu Football Federation are now trying to find ways to bring more women into the, in, into the sport. So um, the Women's Champions, Champions League, um, the Vanuatu Women's Champions League, um, which just happened, the winner from that will go to the Champions League in Honiara in Solomon Islands in April. Um, and the results for that, um, Tafea FC. Um, so we had teams from all provinces. Um, Tafea, which is the uh, province, the, our very last province where the volcano is, where every tourist go to. Um, Tafea FC won the, won, won the tournament. Um, they played Waterfall FC, which is from Toba. So the first province and the last province played in the final and Tafea FC won that um, by a very, very huge margin, um, 18 nil. Um, Tafea, uh, scored 18 points. Waterfall couldn't keep up with Tafea. Tafea Women's FC is one of the uh, only active teams in Port Villas and which showed, um, and hopefully this tournament is, um, is motivation to get more women into uh, football and to start growing the the game of football more in in Vanuatu. Now moving on to a smaller federation, a smaller sport, but, um, very, very active in Vanuatu, uh, Vanuatu tennis, um, they have just played their uh, junior battle. They had the junior battle, which is a t- tournament to select their uh, junior team to represent Vanuatu um, in the West Pacific Regional Championship, which is also will also be in April. Um, they've just concluded their tournaments as well. They haven't made the selections yet. The selections should be out um, 
over the next couple of weeks to start preparations and training. Um, but they've Vanuatu Tennis have been doing really, really well with the tournaments. They um, they've had a coaching course as well during that time uh, to grow uh, tennis as a sport, to get more coaches involved and get more children and young adults and everybody, just everybody involved in the sport of tennis. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the the team that they select to represent Vanuatu in the uh, West Pacific Regional Championship in April. Um, and that's uh, two of the uh, most recent sport that uh, that have happened um, in Vanuatu, Bobby. Yeah, as you've mentioned, football being, you know, the national sport in Vanuatu, and it is in so many of our Pacific Island nations. Uh, good to hear the Women's Champions League will be played in Honiara. The national stadium there is fantastic. And uh, and no doubt Solomon Islands will be very keen uh, after the back of their Olympic qualifiers where they played against New Zealand. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about that coming up, but wonderful to hear all of those local sports news in Vanuatu. Thank you, Mel. Uh, who did you have a chance to catch up with this week? Well, this week I uh, spoke with Selena Solman, who is the captain of the Vanuatu women's cricket team. Um, they've just com- concluded their campaign at the Pacific Cup and are now currently preparing to go to Dubai for the ICC Women's T20 World Cup qualifiers. But uh, I spoke with Selena and I asked her how the uh, Pacific Cup experience went for the team. As the experience among the teams, um, I was talking to the girls and I was asking the girls about the experience. Um, I think the experience, and also my team, the, the experience was amazing, apart from playing some of the amazing cricketers. Um, we've really enjoyed ourselves um, getting to experience uh, playing turf cricket uh, as a team for the first time and learning um, Maori, um, you know, Aotearoa culture was really amazing. And I think, honestly, I think that's what the Pacific Cup is all about, you know, not just about cricket, but learning the culture um, hearing those words from the girls and I think it was really good and yeah the experience was absolutely amazing and we loved it so much we can't wait for the next one great um I also understand that you had players that traveled to Auckland from Vanuatu and Australia so this time it was not just out of Vanuatu it was both from Vanuatu and Australia and this is really the first time that um this has happened uh, were there any challenges that you faced as the captain um, with the team being split up? Um, yes, I think for me that's one of the biggest challenges for me as the captain because I'm not um, with the team as a whole team because half of us are here in Queensland and um, half are back home. But somehow we make it work. Um, thank you to in everyone back home, coaches and managers. Um, yes, we had challenges that... You know, we didn't have the time to train together as a team because um, as a team we're playing for the first time in Turkey and we didn't get that chance to train um, as a team before playing a Turkey game. But I think we did extremely well and I'm very proud of how we um, held ourselves during the competition in New Zealand. So, yeah, we had challenges, but I think we worked things out just fine. Could, could some of those challenges be uh, to do with travel, getting out of Vanuatu? I heard that you had some players that um, couldn't get out of Vanuatu on time. Yeah, um, well, we had players who didn't have passports on time, so they have to miss, miss out on a game and arrive at the same time and playing the game after three hours of flight straight to the field and play. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, some of those challenges, uh, some of those things that we, we as a team, um, we can't control, but... Yeah, like I said, I think we made it work and everybody, at the end of the day, everybody really enjoyed um, their time in New Zealand. So, yeah, 
I think that's all that matters right now. Yeah, great. Um, can you share any standout moments or performances from the tournament given all the challenges that have happened? Um, what are some of the standout moment, moments or performances um, from the tournament that you, you as a captain um, are proud of? Um, I think one of the biggest uh, moments for me was you know, having to um, sit there, um, not just only that the coaches and the, the rest of the team that are uh, being there and witnessing Rachel making 100 uh, for the first time, I think that's one of the biggest achievements, and I hope that it will motivate a lot of girls, especially the new ones that are coming into the team. Uh, being there and watching her um, making 100 was, one of, for me, one of my biggest, proudest moment because I we started together and being there and witnessing her um, scoring hundreds was just, yeah, that's for me like one of the proudest moments, one of the um, those moments that I would never forget. Um, yeah, I'm very, I was very proud to be there to watch Rachel uh, make her hundred. You were there, you were proud to see Rachel. I was also there and um, I... Uh, know that you also picked up the first five for five wicket ball for, for Vanuatu and Vanuatu players. So I just thought we'd mention that in, in the interview because that is that a moment that you are also particularly <laughs> proud of? Yeah, I I am very proud of that. But I think that time was Rachel's time. So yeah, I am proud of myself as well. But I am more proud of Rachel, you know, because we've been talking about it. Um, a lot of the competition, you're like, you know, you need to go out there and make a hundred, but. You know, at that time, to sit there and watch her, even though she, she got dropped and everyone was, start, like, shouting at her, but, like, for her to hold her nerve and scoring 100 was just, yeah, amazing. I'm very proud. That's great. Um, comparing this tournament, uh, obviously, Vanuatu won the um, EAP qualifiers, the ICC Women's T20 World Cup qualifiers, uh, East Asia Pacific qualifiers in Vanuatu in September, Comparing the cricket that you played then, uh, coming into this tournament, it's also the first time New Zealand has um, a Maori women's team. Um, what was the? What was the? Are there any differences between the standard of competition? Yes, hundred percent. And I think um, um, also one of the difference was us playing turf and also playing. Um, I don't know what happened, but the competition um, in New Zealand. And I'm not saying that the competition back home was easy, but like in New Zealand, we it was sort of hard, but we really um, enjoyed ourselves in a way. Like you know, we and now we like we know that we we've learned a lot out of it, and we know what we need to work on, um, just so you know we can improve. But I think having the the Maori team coming in. Um, get best um, on our doors like we needed to oh no we need to sort of work harder to to be if we want to be in the you know the competition again but yeah I think it was it was um, yeah it was uh, definitely different okay um, now shifting your focus to the global qualifier because you won the uh, EAP qualifiers and you will be going to the Vanuatu women's team will be going to the global qualifier in Dubai. What are the key aspects that, that the team is focusing on um, in preparation for this for this tournament now after the Pacific Cup and with uh, the, in, within the next few weeks? I think for um, us right now is back to the basics. Um, after you know experiencing turf cricket, now we're just back to the basics. 
go back to Frankfurt, um, playing, um, working on our batting, and not just batting, but everything. We're also working on our fitness right now, um, just so we can prepare ourselves, because um, the teams that we'll be playing against in the Copper Qualifier, we've never played them before. So we're just, you know, we're starting again. We're going there as a new team. So we're just focusing on what um, we know as a team, and we know what we do best. best so. That's what we're working on right now, just to go out there and give our 110%. Selena, just for the sake of, uh, well, myself, but also everyone that's listening, when will the global qualifier, qualifiers in Dubai be? Um, oh, I'm very sorry. I don't really know the date, but I know that it's um, end of April to, to it's the last two weeks of April to May. I'm sorry, people. I don't know. No, that's okay. Um, that's okay. Thank you very much for um, for sharing that. And look, Selena, I, that's all the time I have um, today. But thank you so much for speaking to me, and all the best uh, in, in in Dubai in the next in the coming weeks. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on again. Thank you. Wonderful to have the captain of the Vanuatu women's cricket team, Selena Solman. Uh, and it is always such a pleasure to watch your teammates hitting a ton. Uh, even better if you can do it yourself. What's your highest score, Mel, if you don't mind me asking, in cricket, whether it be club or representing your country? Uh, club, I, I'm not going to tell you my highest for uh, representing Vanuatu <laughs> because I rarely get to bat. Uh, but club cricket, I think my my highest is 77 um, it's the first time I've ever scored a 50, scored 77 runs, so I can only tell you my club cricket. I, I will keep my uh, my national record with the batting uh, very silent. <laughs> you and I are very similar. I'm not telling anyone my <laughs> highest score for Samoa. Oh, yeah, uh, But my club was similar to yours. Mine was 79, and I'm not just making that up because no. I beat you by two, but yes, I, I beat you by two. Um, but look, that was great to hear the local sports reports happening across our Pacific Islands. Uh, thank you, Indra and Mel. Uh, we will take a look at sport across the Pacific now. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but interesting, you were in Samoa for the OFC Women's Olympic Qualifiers. Uh, what did you think about it? Absolutely sensational. Um, when I say sensational, you know, there's a, I, I've, I've just been reading it. I just got back from RPA yesterday. Um, I, I've just been reading, you know, uh, skeptics and critics uh, taking a aim at our Pacific women and saying they couldn't compete with New Zealand, etc. You know what? They you got to realize the entire New Zealand team is a professional outfit. They play in the likes of Inter Milan in Italy and, you know, Manchester cities and Glasgow and Rangers and in, in the women's A-League in, out of Australia and Wellington Phoenix, etc. So you cannot expect our women overnight to be able to stand up and say, hey, we're going to beat New Zealand. But you know what they've done is they've definitely closed the gap. And when I say they've closed the gap, I watched, I watched the Solomon Islands. They've been the success story of this tournament. You know, they, they, who would have thought at the start of the tournament that they would have taken down, uh, Fiji and would have, uh, you know, also, uh, drawn um, the match against one of the strongest teams to come out of the Pacific, the Papua New Guinea side. Uh, they, they, they're fantastic. Samoa with their young kids in part of the national team were really good as well. Tonga, Vanuatu, unfortunate. They, uh, didn't get the results, but they've got some good talent coming through. And uh, American Samoa, you know, they've just put a team together two weeks out from the tournament. A lot of their players out of the U.S. Uh, um, universities, etc. Bobby, 
So for me, it is yes. We expected New Zealand to win. Of course, uh, did did you expect New Zealand to lose? If someone asks you, no, not not uh, in this tournament anyway. Um, perhaps they uh, just a little too much class in that New Zealand side. We could class it as, but. Our Pacific women are getting exposed, and I tell you what, they, if they're able to get uh, their players out playing leagues around the world, we could have our Pacific teams really pushing New Zealand. I mean, look at look at look at what what's, what New Zealand has done with the World Cup last year: twenty five percent growth in women's football and women and girls; twenty five percent increase taking up uh, football uh, in, in New Zealand just over the past couple of months. That's the new stats that has come out. So it was absolutely fantastic on the result side. Of course, as I mentioned, New Zealand winners over the Solomon Islands eleven one. Uh, in the final, but you know, one player that really need people need to keep uh, their, uh, um, you know, just need to keep uh, tabs on. And in the future, superstar in the making is India Page Riley out of New Zealand. Uh, she played a uh, friendly for Australia before switching allegiance to New Zealand. She's absolutely brilliant, and um, she she showed us that you know we in this part of the world can produce uh, superstars just like Fala out of Australia's of the of PNG heritage and Grace Charlie who's of Fijian Heritage, who featured for that New Zealand team as well, uh, Bobby. Wonderful. And I have to ask now, you were commentating there, we had some of your audio um, earlier on in the show. Now, Solomons did lose 11-1, but how did the crowd react when they got that one goal, including Tim Solo? You know what? Out of the twelve goals scored in the final, I think that one got the loudest cheer out of all. And um, as mentioned uh, by... um, uh, uh, by Melissa that you know we're heading off to Honiara uh, shortly for the OFC Women's Champions League and I'll be going across there in the next couple of weeks for that um, just excited to watch our women footballers getting it going you know what it, we, we just it's great to see that lip service is slowly starting to stop <laughs> and we actually are giving our women a chance to play at the very highest level of football in this part of the world yeah exactly thanks very much for that Indra uh, Mel what's happening in Qatar Qatar, the World Aquatics Championships, um, just finished as well. But see, I was at the Pacific Games as well, and I covered most of um, swimming. So I took a particular interest in the World Aquatics um, Championship in in Qatar, um, which happened from the 2nd of Feb to uh, February to the 18th of February. Um, We've got uh, some of our Pacific athletes who competed at the Pacific Games and set records at the Pacific Games who competed there as well. Um, We had Cook Islands there, Fiji there, um, FSM Federated States of Micronesia, uh, the Northern Mariana Islands there as well. We had Papua New Guinea, uh, Samoa was also there, Tonga, and we uh, Vanuatu as well. Um, Now, some of the... uh, Athletes and swimmers that competed at the Pacific Games, I would like to make a particular mention of Wesley Roberts, who set the new Pacific Games records for in the men's 100-meter and 200-meter freestyle. He was there as well, representing Cook Islands. Um, another very successful story from the Pacific Games athlete, um, swimmer from from the Pacific Games, who was also there representing Federated States of Micronesia, um, Tasi Limtiako. He he was there as well. He picked up three gold medals in the just clean sweep in the uh, men's back, uh, breaststroke. Uh, he won the 50, 50 meter, 100 meter, and 200 meter breaststroke, and it's the first medals ever for uh, Federated States of Micronesia in swimming in any international tournament um, competition. So he was also there um, with uh, three of his other um, colleagues uh, there as well. So it's a uh, no no particular big results from the Pacific in in uh, in Qatar, 
for the World Aquatics Championships, but it's just good to see that we've got a lot of talent going out, uh, going and competing internationally as well and getting the experience in. Now for Samoa, I was uh, looking for to see if Olivia Borg, who was one of the most successful swimmers as well uh, at the Pacific Games, to see if she was there, but she was unfortunately not uh, not in Qatar, but um, she there, there will be more swimming uh, competitions, international ones, that I'm sure she will be participating in as well. Uh, but it's very good to see uh, Kelera as well from Fiji, who won gold and silver she won the first medal at the pacific games for fiji she was also there swimming for fiji so um it's just great i'm I'm always very happy to see pacific islanders competing at this international tournaments and competitions because it's good a great experience and it's just increasing the standard of competition as well and uh, competitiveness uh, in the pacific between pacific athletes um and then moving to uh, auckland uh, new zealand uh, we have the which is currently happening as a 2024 uh, Oceania Weightlifting Championship, uh, that w- which also plays as the Paris Olympic qualifier for, for our Pacific weightlifters. So uh, this tournament is well, well brings together the top weightlifters from uh, the Oceania region to battle for a place at the 2024 Paris Olympics. Um, and it features a youth, a junior, and a senior Oceania uh, category, as well as a, there's a Masters Tri-Nation team competition as well and a fitness competition that they're putting up uh, over, the, over the course of the um, days that they will be running the tournament and the competition here. I think weightlifting is just great to also see um, uh, more off in the Pacific and I think every time you go to a Pacific game you'll start seeing people noticing more that there are medals to to win uh, in weightlifting so more and more Pacific Island countries who you probably would not expect to uh, have weightlifters. Vanuatu uh, as is one of those countries they are now investing a lot into weightlifting as well um, and they have the weightlifters in Auckland to compete in in this tournament which uh, hopefully hoping that it will get them to Paris um, this year uh, for the Olympic Games so those are the two uh, sports sporting um, sports in the Pacific or sports that Pacific Island countries are participating in that I paid particular interest to uh, over this week in the last couple of weeks. Melissa you mentioned the World Aquatic Championships uh, during the Pacific Games you were working uh, quite a bit with the swimming there we did actually have a, a chance to catch up with uh, Chloe Amiata, I believe it is, from uh, Vanuatu, who is one of the swimmers, uh, the first uh, female swimmer to represent Vanuatu. She mentioned during our interview that the the longest pool in Vanuatu was actually a private pool and it was about 17 metres. Uh, do you know if there's any more progress in getting a 50 metre pool in Vanuatu so that locals can actually train a little bit better leading into these competitions? Bobby, it has been... Um there's been talk of getting a, a 50 meter pool for competition in Vanuatu for a long time for training, um, but the problem right now is just where it will be put. Um, Port Villa is quite small as well. There's, uh, it's just about building, probably building if they want to do an indoor pool, they'd have to build uh, new facilities for that. But uh, there's been talk going on about putting a um, saltwater pool, so just out in the seafront. If you've been to Vanuatu to Port Villa, you you will see the seafront. So they're thinking of may- potentially building um, a saltwater pool, and it's there, so it's more sustainable to Vanuatu. So there's been talks of that, but yes, that is correct. They um, there is no. Uh, full length uh, pool in Vanuatu for our swimmers to compete in. They've been competing at uh, training at uh, Holiday Inn Resort. Um, and also, and just from that, like Chloe, um, 
who competed at the Pacific Games. It was, it was her first time competing and getting off the blocks there. So it was a bit uh, of a trial and error for her getting on the blocks for the first time because there's not, there's nothing like that in Vanuatu. So, but I'm I'm hopeful that the saltwater pool that they've been talking about for for a while could be put there. That could be used for um, recreational use as well, but also for training for our swimmers and our athletes who are now competing and taking swimming a bit more seriously. Yeah, well, that's it. There's lots more people competing in swimming. So, yeah, those facilities will no doubt be helpful. Uh, thank you very much for that, Melissa. Uh, now, let's touch on the NRL's All-Stars game that happened last Friday. I gave my predictions. I said the Māori All-Stars are going to get a double win in the men's and the women's. So, I obviously had no idea. I did have a chance to chat with Jazz Lefunga last week of the Māori team, uh, who had some interesting pre-game rituals that he got up to. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't help uh, with his, well, maybe not his game, but with the team. So uh, the Indigenous men's team uh, did come out on top, uh, which means they go back to back. They won 24-14 uh, and last year their game in New Zealand, uh, they won 28-24. So very exciting for them. Unfortunate for the Māori All-Stars, still looking to get that win. Uh, in the women's game, uh, the Indigenous team once again did get the win. So they won 26-4 over the Māori team. Uh, the Indigenous victory squares the overall head-to-head record between the two sides as well. So they're three wins apiece and get this, neither of them have achieved wins in consecutive years. So they are taking turns each year as they come, uh, which is lovely to hear as well. Uh, wonderful to get some NRL uh, players out there and everyone talking about the NRL whew, way before the season is starting, but uh, good to see all of it happening as well. Uh, Indra, we'll finish finally with you. Uh, you've got some news about the Samoa Rugby yeah, of course. Um, you know, uh, cannot forget the sport that uh, basically um, is uh, the favourite in most of the uh, nations, like Tonga, Samoa, and Fiji. So yeah, well, I was there. I just found out that the Samoan Rugby Union has advertised for a new Manu Samoa head coach. Well, at the moment, that's fine. But at the moment, what's done is Selala Mapusua, who took the team to the World Cup, is supposed to be contracted up until next season. So not really sure what's happening there. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But they've advertised uh, where it is that they're not very happy with the results last year uh, at the Rugby World Cup. And, you know, all, all those things that happened and Samoa didn't really have a successful outing. But uh, they have uh, got games coming up against Fiji and Tonga and the Pacific Nations Cup, which will be played a couple of games there in Api and Samoa. So by then, they need to have a coach in place. Mind you, while you're at it, uh, the Fijian Rugby Union also to name their coach soon. So it's all it's all about getting the coaches and house in order for rugby unions around the Pacific. It, it must be very difficult to coach your team when you know that the organisation is looking for a new coach. Don't you think? Yeah, of course. And, um, you know... Uh, at the end of the day, you got to get the best. But then when you have the best, you got to retain them. Mm. And also once to retain them, you also need to fulfill the contractual obligations, isn't it? So, But yeah, it's the Pacific, Bobby. Uh, sometimes <laughs> we do things a little bit differently. But let's see. And uh, we're wishing Samoa Rugby and all the best in uh, whoever they get to be the next Manu Samoa Rugby coach. Absolutely. As always, it's nice to hear about sport happening across our island. So thank you very much for that, Indra and Mel. All right. Well, before we finish up, it's time to get to know my co-hosts and I a little bit more. And I am giggling because it's time for our next segment. 
Gyaman Stapwe. Giam and Stuffware is talk pissing for Pick the Lie. Now, each co-host will tell us three things about themselves. Two will be true, one will be a lie, and the other two co-hosts will try to Giam and Stuffware. Uh, Indra, we've had you on here a number of times. You must be running out of lies, but what are your three oh, three things about you? Two true and one lie. Yeah, I'm going to go old Samoa this week. You know, just absolutely great to have been there for, well, I was going to say... A month, I wish it was a month, but it wasn't. But yeah, the first one is that I was in uh, Apia on the island of Upolu and we went for a ride around the island, 75 kilometers. So I took a ride and, uh, you know, looked up Upolu and uh, all, all the surrounding places and uh, we stayed in Apia. So that's the first one. The second one is that out of the 17 days that I stayed in Apia, I had the yummiest palasamis for 13 days. Because they make the best palasami, I think, even though I come from Fiji and we do have access to that. And um, the third one, I'm going to keep it, as I said, uh, to Samoa. Or lava lava to church because uh, when you're in Samoa, you've got to do as the Samoans do, isn't it? So those are the three. Uh, one is a lie out of them. Okay. I have to just confirm your first one. When you say you rode around the island of uh, Upolu, 75 kilometers, on a push bike, you're, you're cycling? Is that what you mean? No, not really. We were in a car. I wish I could do that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, lie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, these are the three. So uh, you uh, rode around the island of Upolo, so 75 kilometres. You saw the whole island. You were there for 17 days. Palusami, you had every day. Oh, God, I believe it because that was one of my favourite foods when I was living in Samoa. Uh, And the last one, lava lava. You were a lava lava to church. Uh, Mel, I'll ask you first of those three. What do you think the lie is? I think the first one is the lie. Uh, considering, you know, we've all worked at sports tournaments like that, you either are so busy you just don't have time to drive around the island um, and you wish you could go back to do it. Um, but I think I feel like number one is probably the lie, Bobby. Mm. Yeah. I mean, now, I think I might go with, I love palusami, but 17 days every single day. I don't think your lava lava would fit by the end of it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the second one that you didn't have it every day, even though I believe you had it a lot. Indra, what is the lie? Yeah, you, you got me there, Bobby. So at least <laughs> this time you got it right. Uh, for, for the first one, yes, it was working the lucky parties that we had uh, a match there, well, breaks between match days uh, for the AFC Women's Tournament. So get on at 7 a.m. in the morning and you're back by early afternoon. So, yeah, and I managed to get that uh, look around the island. So, yeah, the <sighs> Palasami, I wish you could eat it every day, but you do think about your, you know, physique <laughs> fitting into lava lavas and our brilliantly bright colored shirts that we've got in the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, and I've got such wonderful memories. Everything that you say about Samoa, it does take me back. I, I do love it there. Uh, thank you for that, Indra. Melissa, it is your turn. Tell us three things about you so we can pick the lie. Off you go. Bobby, I'm also running out of information to say about myself. <laughs> I'm like now considering like what is appropriate to say and what is not. Um, but I've got some very basic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is I can drive. The second one is I like spicy food. Mm-hmm. And number three is Melissa Fare is not the only last name I've used in my lifetime. Ah, okay. So you can drive, you like spicy food, and Melissa Fare is not the last name that you've only used in your life. Um, Indra, what do you think the lie is? 
Yeah. Mm. Okay. Drive. I think, of course, she does. Um, spicy food. I've been to Vanuatu. I've seen here. No, I'd go with the uh, the last one. It's not the. That's the lie. Like okay. she's used a different name. I think. Used Pare, a different name. Alisa okay. Yeah, she's quite famous with that name in around the Pacific. So. I don't <laughs> All right. Uh, I might go with spicy food. I love spicy food myself, but. Look, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say spicy food. Uh, Melissa, what is the lie? The lie is that at my old age, I still cannot drive. I'm very sorry <gasps> to disappoint. Oh, so we both got it wrong. You can't drive. I'm just trying to think. I when cannot you... drive. Oh, so when you've come into the studio in Adelaide, you get the pub- you get public transport, do you? Yes, I love Adelaide public transport. I enjoy sitting in there for an hour and a half. <laughs> There you go. Okay, you got us both. Um, All right, now it is my turn. Uh, Now, I have auditioned for these TV shows, Two Are True, One's a Lie. Here we go. I have auditioned for Married at First Sight, which is a reality dating show. I have auditioned for Australian Idol, which is a reality singing show. And I have auditioned for Neighbours, Australia's longest-running TV drama. Indra, what is the lie? Yes, Australian um, Idol, yeah, you would have because I know that you love to sing. <laughs> and Neighbours, yeah, maybe. Would it, I would go that the first one's a lie. The Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight, yeah. Maths for short. Uh, yes, uh, so you think that that one is the lie. Okay, dating show, don't think I could do it. All right. Um, what about you, uh, Melissa? What do you think the lie is? I've just been watching Mavs, so um, just how Mavs is, Bobby, I'm very sorry. I think number one is also a lie. <laughs> oh, I hate to say it, but I watch Mavs all the time, Married at First Sight, and there is no way in hell I would ever audition for that show. So congratulations, you both got it right. I have auditioned for Australian Idol. Indra, I do love singing. Uh, and Neighbours, I auditioned for a non-speaking role and still didn't get it. That's how much I sucked. That's okay. Uh, congratulations to you two. Uh, that does bring us to the end of the show for this week. A big thank you to my co-host, Indra Singh, the news director of the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation. Vinaka Indra. Thank you, Bobby. Vinaka. And Melissa Fade, former Nee Vanuatu cricketer turned cricket commentator. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me. And a big thank you to Aaron Bryans for stepping into the producer role this week. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Thank you for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back again next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people.